Hello and welcome back to this episode in the Package Builder season of TM Podcast Black Belt Edition, our podcast about detailed topics of transportation management. Today is the 30th of November of 2020. My name is Felipe Hernandez Plazas and I will be your host for this 10th episode. Uh, warm welcome to our expert guest, Markus Zahn. Hello, Markus. Hi. Markus, as mentioned last time, today we will finalize our series surrounding the PB. So this marks our last episode in this series. And in this episode, we will take a look at the current consumers of the package builder, or in better words, of the unified package builder. Um, it's uh, by no means a sad episode. I think we have completed a very good series on this subject. And we will for sure, if your feedback is correspondingly positive, uh, tackle also other topics. But um, in this point of time, Markus, tell us, what is the uh, current state of the consumers? I mean, you have built a very powerful package and it was also driven by the requirements of our application. We have also seen that uh, other applications have put forth similar requirements and have already all, or, or also consuming um, the component. But uh, what was the, how did it all began? Yeah, so the beginning of the package builder was um, with TM uh, 9.3. Um, we started to develop the, I would call it the core package builder or the supply chain execution package builder. Um, and the very first process uh, covered by the standard was the package building during the freight unit building. So orders are coming in and the very first component that runs on the transportation management side is the freight unit builder. Um, I always say it creates the atomic pieces for the following processes, so mainly the transportation planning. Um, and the idea here was that um, with the functionality that we have delivered with TM 9.1, the load planning that was capable of yeah, positioning, um, I would say, main cargo items, some would call them handling units, uh, onto trucks, onto trailers, uh, into containers, um, we discovered that uh, there's a gap between, yeah, I would say, sales order line items being based on products and actually the handling units that need to be loaded. And it was clear that uh, a package building would be required to come from the products uh, to the handling units. And this is why we said uh, we require a package builder. And um, the easiest spot to integrate that was to say we already create the yeah, top level packages during the freight unit building, meaning that it's for one customer, it's for um, yeah, a very specific point in time, uh, and also the locations are fixed. So at that point in time, I mean, we didn't have an embedded TM in S4HANA. We had a side-by-side -side integration of order processing. So you would have your sales orders, but there would be like this abstract layer of the OTR document. And so you could not have done this, as you said, the, the, the best possible point was not in the sales order during creation, because you were having another system. And so we did this creation in TM side for our freight units. 
And this was actually then the, the first uh, requirement that, that came forth regarding building packages in the, in the system. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned a very uh, important point um, because um, from an end-to-end -end process perspective, um, it is clear that packaging information can also be created earlier. It can come from outside, but it was a given fact that uh, as a standalone transportation management solution, receiving orders only having product items a functionality was required to enable the packaging um, also we considered already at that point in time that um, actually the logic to package <laughs> i always say it's a warehouse competency because the guys there are physically doing it uh, so they actually know best uh, how it's done so we already incorporated those thinkings Uh, and that was ba basically the reason that uh, the package builder was not created as a transportation management component, but as a reusable component in the supply chain basis. Um, because we have foreseen that for end-to-end -end processes involving ECC, so the log logistics part of the ECC, um, transportation management and warehouse management, that those in the future should run on the same component. Mm -hmm. So, and this was then decided uh, 9.3, what Correct. year was that, more or less? It must be seven or eight years ago. Okay, and now that thought has come to fruition by the implementation or introduction of the Unified Package Builder, um, so that was good foresight. And then, I mean, um, when we created the package builder at that time and integrated in, in standard into the freight unit bill, actually the first customers picking up the component as it was developed in the SCM basis below multiple applications, the first live customers have been actually extended warehouse management customers integrating um, the package builder into their processes in custom projects because there was no standard integration into EWM, but they picked up already the idea of a reusable component that they can leverage um, from wherever they want. Yeah, quite interesting. And and they did it so successfully, so it was, a, from the requirement point of view, um, a good solution. It was generic, um, so as we have seen in the last episodes, it was a generic solution. And TM implemented this, so for the first time, in the freight unit builder. Um, was it then, did it mature in that cons uh, application or did it uh, or was it consumed in other applications soon enough? Yeah, um, I mean at that point in time um, it actually yeah, matured in within transportation management. I think we could prove from release to release that we understood the requirements from our customers so we improved the core package builder step by step, release by release uh, and that builded the trust um, yeah, on the customer side that we are really serious about packaging and the centralized packaging. Um, I wasn't aware of any other applications at that point in time picking up the component. Um, but with TM 9.6, um, yeah, we took a huge step forward uh, with the component. Um, even though in the release before we added also very important features, TM 9.6 marked for me uh, the release where we really became competitive. Um, because we invested into a package builder optimizer, uh, making the yeah, package building really, really physical. So, so far we only worked on heuristics and um, 
actually pretty simple calculations already doing mixed package building using layers and volume based but um, for realistic package packaging um, an optimizer was required and we did it actually for a new process so so far in tm package building was done in the freight unit but uh, we have been approached by customers they wanted to do the package building pretty late so after the route decision was done, the scheduling was done, the resources were selected, they wanted to create mixed pallets containing multiple customers. So they are really in a scenario where they have to combine multiple customer orders due to the low volume. Otherwise, they would waste pallet spots with pretty <laughs> badly utilized uh, pallets. Uh, so they are required on the delivery tours to uh, yeah, more or less combine um, many, many uh, orders together, um, more based on the product grouping. And this is why we uh, introduced the new process of consolidation package building. So you do all of the <coughs> steps before. So during freight unit building, you only um, get the pallet estimation. So the freight unit builder calls the package builder and receives just, um, I would say, a quantity that is attached to the freight unit, then the transportation planning either manually or automatically using the VSR optimizer runs. The freight order is created, so we could call it the resource-based capacity document. And then on that capacity document, you then build the mixed pallets. And of course, <laughs> the number of created top level package items must match the resource capacity. So this is more or less the challenge in that scenario. But um, the complete new process was required to cover the business scenario. Yeah, I, I would think also even maybe not having a perfect um, uh, filling of the capacity, either by overfilling it or underutilizing it, it was still a better result, having the possibility to consolidate the products from different customers. And, and there you would still have the option to manually adjust it. So I think it was a good start anyway. Yep. So that was basically the second process, uh, leveraging the unified package builder. Um, and then we figured out during that process that uh, before the uh, VSR automated planning, uh, it would be a good idea to give the optimizer better planning information when we can determine it earlier. So there are some, um, I would say, restrictions that um, yeah let you know before the consolidation package building what is going to be the actual packaging and therefore we introduced the function to create package units based on the package builder result so you have a set of so far unplanned requirements so multiple of them so not during the freight unit building and you can combine them together um, and when the requirements are met, so some thresholds, some um, hard-coded settings, then the packaging is actually transferred for one or multiple freight units into a package unit, representing already the physical, doable packaging that will then finally end up on the truck or on the trailer or in the container. Um, so this is the third process. 
Okay, so, and we are talking about exclusive processes. I mean, you would have to decide either you do the packaging during the early, uh, during the freight unit building, or you do it during uh, this process based uh, for creation of package units, or you do it during consolidation. So it was at that point when those were introduced, it was possible not, or not possible to, to mix those processes. That's true. That's okay. And um, it's okay. Now you have mentioned three processes. Uh, is there another one that has come since then? Mm -hmm. um, so combined with all of that, I mean, now we have the early package building and the freight unit building. We have the option to transfer uh, requirements using the function create package unit based on package building. And we have the final consolidation package building. There um, is still... I would say from a customer perspective, one gap. Um, and this is covered by um, a so-called spreading functionality. So if you end up with a package unit, to give a very easy example, um, yeah, packaging using the optimizer always tries to pack as compact as possible. And that can lead to a result where you have one pallet that is very, very well utilized. And since there have been a few pieces that did physically not fit onto that uh, the optimizer was forced to start a new pallet and only those few pallets are ending up there and from a packing and also transportation and delivery efficiency perspective this is bad so you would prefer in that scenario since you cannot save a pallet space on the truck that you would kind of try to balance out those uh, two pallets that they almost have the same height and maybe the same weight um, For this, we have the, the spreading functionality. And the other option for the spreading functionality is to actually have a truck where after the load planning, maybe um, eight of 10 pallet spots are filled with very well utilized pallets. And you finalize that. And if you want to put it onto the road, because you simply do not have enough volume to fill the last two remaining pallet spots, you would also prefer to kind of push um, the height of all of those eight pallets, if allowed, uh, down and then uh, fill up the two remaining pallet spots. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that would okay make it more um, yeah balanced in the truck. You wouldn't have those... Um, okay, though, uh, and if you would have now... Okay, or we had previously, looking at it from the SCMB package builder point of view, we had a very clean interface with a very defined and, and minimal set of informations being exchanged between application and, and the package building logic. But now we have a, a more complex system and, and of layers inside TM. I mean, we are calling it from different applications. We have different layers handling, persistency handling, yeah. validations, yeah. etc. Of, of course, using our BOP framework. Mm, what is actually the um, uh, the way where we do the persistence? Or in other words, how do we transfer or... Uh, translate what is required from our BOP framework into what the package builder expects and gives back. Yeah, I think um, since we now have multiple processes consuming the package building, uh, to understand this, um, a, a good starting point 
if you and I mean we're in the black belt edition, so we're talking textile here. Uh, so the starting point to understand those processes is always the class SCM TMS CL underscore package package underscore uh, builder. It's in the package SCM uh, TMS PLN underscore PB, and they're the very first um, class. And if you take a look at that, uh, it implements the interface. And that interface has, <laughs> and that should uh, sound or look familiar to you, it only has one method. It's build packages. So this is really the corresponding element that is the unique point that talks to the unified package builder if you are coming from TM processes. So all of the processes we've just uh, discussed and touched uh, on uh, shortly uh, are running over this. So if you want to analyze one of the processes where you, for example, press the button, build packages, uh, this is uh, the best starting point. So of course, uh, for the processes, um, and if you do a values check for uh, this method, you actually find all of the consuming uh, processes uh, in TM. So for each of the processes that we've discussed, there is one corresponding class. So to start with the early package building, we have uh, SCM TMS CL underscore PB underscore FUB. And those classes, they are responsible exactly for what you've just discussed. So you have the business document in TM for this, maybe a freight unit or maybe some freight unit builder internal items that should be packaged. And of course, the component itself decides when is packaging relevant or not. And remember, for freight unit building, you have to define in the freight unit building rule the package building profile, and this is then activating the package building. But those classes are uh, um, yeah, responsible for mapping the process-specific document items into the package builder format called central TM class for the package building. This class then handles the call to the unified package builder. And from here on, we are completely process agnostic, I would say. So the unified package builder doesn't care if it's called from the freight unit building or if it's called from the consolidation package building. It's only steered using the package building profile. And then we receive the result back. And then those classes like the PB underscore FUB Uh, is also responsible for taking over the result of the unified package builder and bringing it back into the business document. Okay, and whether we, I mean, because we do in the freight unit builder, we don't have our tour items, we have the our internal FU items, but that is then translated by this wrapper class that you just mentioned, and then also written back to that format. And the same goes for the other consumers where we have our Tor items and then Tor structures. And when we persist those, I mean, how, um, what does such an item look like when it's persisted? What is, uh, or how do we know, or how does the application know? Okay, that's something that was created by the package builder. We shouldn't delete it or we shouldn't uh, reprocess this Do we have there some kind of pattern that we apply in, in, in TM? 
I mean, this is always up to the business document itself. So in TM, I mean, there are categories, uh, item categories indicating if it's a product or if it's a package. There are also attributes for those items if they have been handled or created by the package builder. Those are all status values that are then kind of visible in the, for example, load plan uh, item hierarchy. Uh, so yes, um, it's it's visible in the tour items and if you are aware of the very long item structure uh, of the business documents in TM there are many attributes that are filled by the package builder result but there are also many fields that are kind of taken over from the original item uh, and indicate something that is very very TM specific okay and um, in this regard when the items are passed back to the application uh, how is the persistency handled in the different consumers do we write this directly then into the into the database or well, how is it done i think you can best answer this for the freight unit builder and then maybe i answer it for the other processes Okay, let me get the knowledge. Yes, correct. In the Fragment Builder, we actually do the, I mean, we do not persist it in the wrapper class. We give it back to the Fragment Builder and the Fragment Builder with the internal structures then takes care of creating those modification entries. Um, so in a way, we do not do the persistency in the, in the wrapper. We just give it back to the application. Um, but how does it work with the consolidation package builder, for example, or the creation of package units based on PB? Yes, there. this is also very unified. Uh, we don't even create the modifications for uh, the BOPF um, and not storing uh, anything directly into the document itself, but we are using the uh, new concept since TM 9.6 of the update handler that um, actually centralizes all either internal or external updates for business documents. So there's a very well-defined uh, structure of how we can communicate updates um, to the business documents. Um, so the wrapper classes that we can discuss in a minute, they receive the uh, result back from the unified package builder and map it into those facade uh, structures. And then the update handler takes over all of the magic. Understood. And this would also mean that that our wrapper classes in TM for the PB um, do not handle persistency in any way. Um, and probably that would also be a pattern if a customer would decide we want to implement our own uh, usage or consumption of the package builder to do it in the same style, to either reuse the update handler if possible or um, handle the, the persistency then in, in their own way. But this yeah, is in not In their own way, I mean, uh, there are good reasons that we have centralized it. Uh, I mean, if you are starting to post your own results, doing direct modifications to the BOPF, uh, in the very first place, this might be working pretty well. Uh, so you will s quickly see the first results uh, flowing into the business documents. But regarding data consistency, uh, upgrade compatibility, and also uh, the handling of real updates. So you have maybe split in the first place a product and then with a later package building result, it's aggregated again. Uh, so all of those um, data consistency things to consider um, should be taken over by the update handler. 
also the update of uh, related business documents. Um, so this is very hard to do on your own. So if you are, have a very, very limited scope and you are very sure what you are doing, um, you can, of course, still uh, post things into the business document using the modifications, but it's always a good idea to stick to the standard um, elements. And you mentioned the, the key um, topic, which is the relationship to other documents, be it predecessor documents or documents that come after. As predecessors, we would see more documents that define the requirements, such as sales order, forwarding orders, and the documents the, that come after that are those that execute the uh, the requirements. But um, there we have many complexities that also changes also to the items and the and the item hierarchy, including packaging, can come from from the predecessor documents or can maybe be updated by some other execution uh, entities like EWM or maybe even external. So that's quite an, a very complex setup, and and uh, you you are totally right. It's something that uh, users of package builder should um, then um, consider and maybe even try to use existing update handler facade classes as we call them to to execute those updates. Felipe, do you want to go through the uh, wrapper classes of the other processes? Let's do that. I, I was about to to propose that we look into the maybe the freight unit builder to look into more detail and also not only the classes, but maybe lose a quick word about the the setup. You mentioned we have the freight unit building rule where we have the package building profile, but we do have some other minor settings there that could also affect the way that the package builder uh, returns the. Um, the results. So uh, if I go to the class SCMTMS, CL underscore PB underscore FUB, as uh, you had mentioned, we um, do have the implementation of an interface. And I mean, the interface itself was uh, defined or implemented in the CL underscore package underscore builder class. But if you want to see how the consumer of the uh, um, handles this, we would have to look um, into the consumer classes or wrapper classes. And this is the FUB class. Yeah, um, and, uh, I mean, here it's very, very similar to what we discussed in the episode about the unified package builder. Where, If you remember, we talked about three different engines that are connected to the unified package builder. And the main responsibility of the unified package builder was always to do the input mapping, call the component, and do the result handling, what is basically also mapping. And if you take a look at the freight unit builder, package builder integration class, and you go through that main method, you find the very same concept. So there's a mapping of the freight unit builder internal items into the package builder format. You find the call to the package builder and then you see how it's transferred back into the freight unit builder great let's open the freight unit building rule um, and we see here under the tab advanced settings we have an area dedicated to the package building component we have the package building profile so this is where we would set up uh, and tell during freight unit builder, we want to use a specific profile, and we have uh, told um, much about the package builder profile. We will not lose more words on this. 
And we have two other settings. The one, um, the first one is called maximum number of top-level packages per freight unit, which is a number, an integer. And the other one is the drop-down for the package building result, which has two values, either com create complete package hierarchy or estimate package count only. So what can we say about the first one, the maximum number of top-level packages per freight unit? Yeah, um, so the basic question is always how granular do you want your freight units to be? So if you are in a scenario where you uh, handle a high volume, where, for example, uh, an order quantity can already fill multiple pallets or pallet cages or whatever the top-level package material is. Uh, and by combining those things already in one freight unit, you limit kind of the option of the VSR optimizer to assign a good resource to that. So uh, there are scenarios where you say, I might want to cut this down. So for example, one of my orders ends up in 10 pallets. Uh, I would rather prefer this to be 10 freight units, each representing one pallet. Or you want the other extreme case. I want to make sure that all of those items end up being assigned to the same resource. Then you select, um, yeah, zero that would mean everything that the package builder has created ends up in one freight unit and then you can also uh, choose any number in between so some customers use that to represent the pallet stack so they select maybe two some want to represent a pallet row they select three um, so this is up to the scenario how much yeah, options do you want to give the vsr optimizer versus also the number of business documents you want to handle internally. And with business documents, I mean freight units. Okay, but uh, okay. And it's important to point out that anyway, the planning quantities or the related split criteria defined for the freight unit building rule will take precedence. So it will be calculated first. And after that, with the remaining yeah. quantities after such a split, this is something that can be considered for a package builder yeah. run. I mean, this is a very, very good point. I mean, currently in the system you have all of those options in the freight unit building rule. This sometimes leads to confusion. I always tell the customers and the partners, if you are really in a package building scenario where you know you create top-level package, the only split, split criteria that you should define here should be the maximum number of top-level packages per freight unit. Do not, for example, in addition, define a split criteria based on the gross weight. Mm -hmm. uh, because this is always done before the package building. So the freight unit builder will apply its own internal logic to create those separated item sets then. And they are already handed over to the package builder. So the package builder has no chance to apply anything in addition or a more enhanced logic to keep something together. Uh, so I see no use. And if you yeah, have a specific customer requirement, you should be very, very clear that the combination of a FUB split criteria with the package builder works really well. Great. 
Good. And um, let us then go to the next one, the package building result. Um, this seems quite interesting. So we have the option to either create a package hierarchy or to just estimate a package count. So what's the purpose? Why do we have this here? Yes, as I've explained, uh, the first process that we had was doing the package building during the freight unit building persisted into the freight unit and this already represented what's going to be the final physical uh, packaging uh, of the items that are in there. Uh, with the new process of the consolidation package building, it wasn't any longer possible to do this in this process step. Uh, so we introduced the option estimate the package count only. This uh, tells the system call the package builder during the freight unit building, but only to get the pallet estimation. So the uh, aggregation quantity that I've already explained. So in the freight unit, if you select that mode, um, you will not find the item here hierarchy. So you will only find the original product items. Uh, but you will see in the header of the freight unit an aggregated quantity representing the normalized packaging quantity. Mm -hmm. And why is this relevant or why is it useful to have this quantity? Yeah, this is then relevant. Um, the VSR optimizer or also during the manual planning, you see how much does this freight unit in an estimation when it's going to be packaged will consume. Uh, so the VSR optimizer or the planner can do the matching to the resource capacity. So you would have a, a, a truck saying I can fit 10 NLQ uh, onto me. And then you can simply do the, the, the math of the freight units that can fit onto there. So you use the estimation. You assign it to the resource and then afterwards you do the consolidation package building and um, if the estimations have been right, uh, the match, um, so the number of the created uh, total packages um, in the resource um, will fit to the capacity. And what would affect this estimates? I mean, if you package the freight unit, you might have a number of two pellets, but I mean, to, to really be useful, the estimation should be something different, maybe something smaller so that you can say, okay, you actually have consolidation potential. Yes, basically, I mean, there's a factor in the package building settings, and I think we uh, touched on this uh, when going through the, the, the settings in the package type assignment. And there's a factor that is simply multiplied with the quantity of the product. Um, what a typical packaging of that product is going to consume uh, in the base unit of measure of this product. And then um, the logic is very simple. It simply uh, yeah, calculates this and sums it up for all of the product items that are in the freight unit. Okay, so it's also a tweaking um, tasks for the customers to find yeah. good factors to yeah. estimate their 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 planning yeah i think there are many tools available now uh, to support this you can either manually uh, maintain this you can do it uh, using a simulation and you can also do it uh, based on historical documents that contain the real actual packaging that you have put on the road mm -hmm. uh, but i think this is worth another podcast with the experts around the topic okay um, and we did see, I think, a package type assignment for the normalized quantities. Yeah, correct. For the, okay, so those are the factors, yeah. Okay, so this is actually all there is in the freight unit building rule to the package builder. If we go back to our class, 
uh, we see the same structure as for other consumers. Maybe we can go uh, in, a, in a bit to the important elements in the code. We have in this method 56 lines of code, also quite quite small. And uh, this is now we will see things that are more application specific or consumer specific, right? For example, we have some freight unit builder internal uh, data, but um, the first method that we would see as relevant to all of the consumers is the mapping. That's right. But the method themselves, of course, they will differ across consumers because, as, as you yes. pointed out, we have different starting points for the for each method. But um, at the latest, in the middle of the class, line 25, we get to our now unified package builder interface uh, that returns, and this will be familiar if you look at this, it has exactly the same um, interface that we have seen in our last episode. So from here, it's all generic. So from here, um, the, uh, the central packaging engine doesn't know the process. It doesn't know the business document. Um, it only cares about generic packaging of items based on material, location, and business partner, and quantity information, of course. Right. And in the case of the freight unit builder, I mean, we, we do support item positions at this um, place if we are using the, the SCE package builder, right? So this would be something that we can actually uh, use and persist if we are creating the package hierarchy, as pointed out in the freight unit building rule. And the last method would be then here the mapping of the package builder items back to FUB. So... Um, and this is the pattern that we will encounter for all consumers. We map to the package builder or unified package builder structures. We execute the generic logic and then we map back. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Um, but in some of the other processes, um, the wrapper class is more complicated um, because in the freight unit builder, the handling, for example, of the item sets has already been done. While, for example, the consolidation package building class that we will see in a minute um, has more responsibilities. It, for example, also applies uh, things like filtering out items that are not relevant for the package building. It already applies hard constraints uh, if multiple documents are selected. So from, uh, a, a, I would say, high-level perspective, input mapping, calling of the package builder, result mapping, it's the same, but some of the functionalities have way more mm -hmm. Uh, responsibilities than the, uh, this class. It, I mean, it's also important to point out that the freight unit builder, due to how it's built, it, it does this in two steps. It first do, does the um, handling of the inner items, executes the package builder for those internal items, and then afterwards, in a further processing, it goes on to persist this as a um, as the actual tour item. So there will be also some logic and it's uh, not always um, ele elegant, but um, it's how it was implemented back then in, uh, what was the release? It was 9.3. Okay. But let's go on now to um, a, a newer, more modern um, implementation of this. As you mentioned, this is the, the next one is the consolidation package builder. Right, it's class uh, SCMTMS, CL underscore PB underscore T-O-R. Mm -hmm. So this uh, indicates it's working on the on the documents themselves, so the transportation order document. And again, very simple start. It's a public interface method. 
um, for the IF PB tour and it's built packages. Mm -hmm. So you see from a naming perspective, nothing has changed. Uh, it only indicates that uh, there are um, process specific things in there, but still the main purpose of this class is to package items. Okay, and then first, before we go into the coding, how can we affect the the package builder settings for this process? Mm -hmm. So we have seen in the thread unit building, it was the thread unit building rule uh, for the consolidation uh, package building. The right spot to configure this uh, is the planning profile. And the planning profile is either attached to the freight order document type where you also have the setting to enable package building or not. Or you enter the transportation cockpit with a dedicated selected planning profile, then this is considered. So for example, if you do the package building within the business document uh, transaction itself, or from, for example, the work list, always the package building profile defined in the planning profile is taken from the document type but in the cockpit you have the full power to overwrite this and use whatever uh, is defined in the planning profile that you use for uh, entering the cockpit session. Okay, so the planning profile wins. In this case, it will be the actual thing that will be used. It will overwrite whatever is written in the freight order customizing. That's correct. And in the freight order type, you find this on the left side or under the planning settings where you have uh, enable package building And you have uh, above that uh, the planning profile. And in the planning profile, there's a section for the package building profile. Okay, if we look at the planning profile um, directly, so in the planning profile tab, okay, we have the section package builder building. Yeah, it's on the right side, uh, somewhere in the middle. And there again, you can enter the package building profile, so no surprise here. Um, that's the point to activate the package building. And again, the package building itself, so the core package building is completely steered by the package building profile. So how it behaves, how it does package the item using the packing instruction or the core package builder is the package builder optimizer called, is completely covered by this profile. And after the newest development for the unified package build, then we also mentioned, so this is, would also be entirely possible to have a freight order and use the packing instruction instead of the core package builder to, to do the result. Okay. That's correct. The document is not limited or even interested in where the pack package hierarchy is created. Good. So... In the code, if we go into code, it, it's uh, a little bit longer. We have 106 lines of code uh, at this release. Maybe even uh, we are looking now in, into uh, uh, the Infinity system or our latest system in, in 2020. It's quite similar, if not exactly the same. Yeah, so here, here the logic is um, yeah, almost always the same. Um, first of all, we get the business document data. For this, we use the so-called Tor model. Uh, that is supplied by the action. So when you press the button, build package, um, this action already creates a model uh, of the Tor document. So the route is already connected with the stops and the items uh, that we have an efficient data access across all of the required process steps then. 
This is really a huge step into the direction of performant processes. Uh, so we pick up the uh, yeah, relevant data out of this model for our process. So it's get data by Tor model in line uh, 35. Um, and after that, we are disconnected from the model. So we will not change it. Uh, we will only work on the data that we have retrieved from the model. And then in line 52, of course, we check, uh, is there any uh, relevant information in there? Uh, so basic checks are applied there. Is everything blocked, for example? So everything is already in execution. So you cannot do package building any longer. So it's important to understand that one of the key challenges for the consolidation package building is actually to determine, do I have to package or not? And which items do I have to package or not? So am I allowed to touch this or am I not allowed to touch this? And all of this is handled in dedicated methods. So is the document relevant itself or is the item relevant itself? And then in the execute package building, exactly what we have seen in the freight unit building, just the methods are called a little bit different. So we have create item groups in line 10 of the method execute package building. Then we call the package builder itself. Uh, you have to uh, see here that we also support parallel processes. So this always makes the coding itself from a technical perspective more complex. So is parallel processing allowed or not? So uh, this is why the method is a little bit longer, but from a structural point of view, if you just cluster it into logical blocks, it's the very same thing. So create item groups is the pre-processing, so the mapping of the package builder input, then comes the call to the package builder, and then comes the result handling. Where do we, uh, regarding the parallelization, where do we um, store the definition for the parallelization profile, etc.? I think it's in the in the planning profile. There. There's parallel processing profiles on the right side. Ah, yes. And there you have the option to enable this or not. Okay, so we have a, a possibility for package building to enter a profile. So this is another package building in a um, related setting in the planning profile. Okay, we have now the possibility either parallelization or not, but um, I mean the logic itself does not differ. Either we do it in parallel processes or in one. Yeah. So in, in line... Uh, I think 41 or 42, uh, you figure out that the package builder is called and this coding looks exactly the same to compared to the freight unit building wrapper class that we've just seen. So it calls the very, very same component. Um, it receives the results back and then comes the yeah um, result handling. It's called a map package building result. Mm -hmm. And this transfers it into the tour item and tour root uh, information. And then after that, if you go out, if you leave that, then the final step that we've already touched uh, comes. It's the update documents in line 81. This hands over the items to the update handler taking over the persistency task. Mm -hmm. So in the end, we have this call to the update handler first um, passing the facade. And the things that we pass to the facade are quite simple. Also, we just pass the items and the item positions and the tour model and the this is fire and forget the tour handler will then the update handler will then handle whatever is to be persisted okay 
Good. Then this is uh, regarding the consolidation package builder. Yeah, I think as the last component, even though I mentioned the spreading um, also, I think we should focus now on the package unit creation since this is very powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's the class uh, SCMTMS CLPB uh, Tor underscore PUB. So for the package unit builder mm -hmm. underscore FU. So it's the package unit builder for the freight units. Um, and again, here we have an interface. And if you take a look in the interface, you will find um, one method. And this is called, surprise, surprise, build packages. Great. So somewhere in the, right, the build packages interface. And I, I also noticed now that the um, there is a super class for the PUB FU and for our Tor for consolidation package builder. Yeah, for all of the processes that are working uh, on similar business documents, uh, of course, it's a good architectural practice to centralize uh, some uh, common tasks. And this is why there's a super class. Okay. Okay, good. And here also in this interface method, we have 115 lines of code. Uh, we have the same get data by Tor model um, action or method that is being executed here. Um, is it the same do, or do we have uh, a different implementation in this class? I think it's a different implementation since the um, PUB requires some other data than the consolidation package building. But for from a logical perspective, this is why all of the methods are named the same even though they get other data. And then you will find if you go through that method uh, of, the, of the interface, um, you will find the very same logic. Even though it's doing in the core something different, it's handling the same logical steps. Okay. Mm, should we go into the, the logic of the item group creation? No, that's not relevant now for the package builder. The package builder is called then afterwards, after the mapping. Again, you have here a method very similar execute package building you have create item groups of course those item groups look different compared to the consolidation package building but uh, when you debug a scenario i mean again this is the black belt edition set up a scenario run the process and try to understand the component and then you uh, will find uh, um, out how it works okay great good so here again we have afterwards uh, possibly the the update document part, correct, where we do have a little bit more um, complications or <laughs> more complex behavior than in the consolidation package builder because we here maybe um, uh, need to define, of course, what kind of PUs we will create. Yeah, I mean, the, type. It, 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 the main difference, obviously, is when you do the consolidation package building, you are actually manipulating items within a single document and the result is also stored within that single document so you are simply updating one instance uh, of a business document in the package unit creation you do yeah something way more complex because you actually have a list of freight units you do the package building and depending on the result you decide that a package unit is created so new business document is required First of all, this document needs to be created. It needs to be consistent then. It needs to contain 
the package item hierarchy created by the package builder, but also the original freight units now need to be assigned to that package uh, unit. And also they need to go into a status where they are already planned. Uh, so way more complexity in there. And then we have the different business uh, document types for the package units. Um, and maybe you can spend a few words on that. Sure. I mean, we do have, in the, if you look in the planning profile, we did uh, see the settings surrounding the package building for the consolidation case. But we have another section, another area for this creation of package units based on package building for freight units. And, and we see there by the amount of settings that is, it is a, a, bit, a bit more complicated in the behavior. And so we have two package unit types that we can define. One is the default package unit type. The other would be a package unit type that can be, it's optional, that can be applied when we have a single source and a single destination. It has some advantages. Um, we can also define the split rule for these package units that are to be created. And there are two possibilities. One is to create one package unit per package item per top level package item and the other one would be to put all of the package uh, or top level packages into one PU so a bit similar to the freight unit case but here we actually have only two uh, possibilities. Yes but very important here this setting has a massive effect so it's really important to know your business scenario that you want to cover with that because from my understanding when you create a package unit before you hand it over to the VSR um, most of the scenarios that I know require that all of the packages that you have created for the set of freight units end up in the very same package unit to force the VSR to assign all of those packages or pallets to one instance of a resource because you want to keep them together. Only in rare cases I could say, well, VSR, you have the freedom to do whatever you like uh, based on uh, on the costs and the times. But the result is if you allow here that uh, things that are handled together during the packaging and end up on different pallets, they can also, and you have to understand that, end up in the final result on multiple different delivery tools. And if you do not want that, you have to select here Uh, create one PU for all of the items. Right, and um, there would be some splitting involved uh, if we get to the stage where we have uh, the same freight unit requirements split among different package units because it can be the case that the package units also end up on different trade orders and it's not something that we allow in our TM processes. We have the paradigm of having one freight unit assigned to at most one freight order. So that's also something that, that could happen. Yeah. Either at this stage or, or later when the, the um, load plan is finalized, depending on the setup on your package unit, but um, uh, customizing, but it is something to be considered as well. And I mean, the, the last three settings, um, as I believe at the beginning, it was meant that you would also to respect these uh, constraints that you would allow the creation of package units only when the freight unit had a specific setting uh, for exclusive package for customer. 
and that would make then um, that would force only those freight units to be considered. And I um, see or think now that we have also um, two new features for that, and this is the consideration of utilization thresholds for two types of uh, yeah, entities. The one would be the location groups and the other would be the business partner. So here we also say, okay, if the freight units are destined to a particular location or location group hierarchy or a business partner, then if they are well enough utilized uh, as the resulting pallets, that we would say, yes, it's okay to create a package unit out of these freight units. And if not, we just don't do it. Um, what was also the, I mean, did this come from customer requirements or where did this, this come from? Yeah, it of course came from customer requirements and basically what it covers uh, in, in the scenario is that I, in that scenario, would prefer to have a separated pallet, for example, for a business complex, something like a shopping mall, if I have multiple shops in there. So for a delivery scenario that the delivery person uh, needs to search only for all of the items going to all shops in that shopping mall on one pallet so to speed up the delivery um, if they have ordered a sufficient quantity on that day so for example you have a day where they all of those shops order very very low quantities so you would basically waste the pallet spot uh, but on regular days um, they order a su sufficient quantities, so you want to help the delivery person, so you can assign them to a location soft group. And I think we touched on the definitions of location groups uh, in one of the previous podcasts. And then you can define the utilization threshold for that pallet to be transferred into a package unit. So you run then the functionality create PU based on um, package builder and the package builder runs and it figures out on that day uh, the pallet is very well utilized then it transfers this into a package unit so again the package unit represents the actual physical pallet that is then going to be on the truck so it's a better improved input for the vsr optimizer and on other days uh, where the quantity is not sufficient you would simply leave them as to be consolidated and to be packaged uh, freight units. So this is then the input for the VSR uh, to be assigned based on the normalized quantities. And you can also do this per business partner. So if something doesn't fall into a location constraint group, the package builder, if you define a threshold per business partner, can also do this for all of the separated groups by business partner. Mm -hmm. And wh uh, what quantities do we have for the threshold? I mean, how do we define if it is well utilized or not? So the available quantities are volume, weight, and height. And internally in an um, enhancement spot for the consolidation package building, there are more options. For the uh, consolidation, for the... Uh, creation for the, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah for the package unit builder sorry okay so this is um also quite um quite a powerful way of defining this we do remember that we saw in in our previous episode for enhancement that we also have in the package builder the their own enhancement spot to say if a pellet is as well enough utilized or not but this is something that's more uh, near to the application mm, i mean um this is really 
confusing area. I think you typically from a process point of view would define here the thresholds to transfer something into a package unit before the VSR, so the transportation planning and the consolidation package building, while the settings that we've discussed in the core package builder are actually meant for the scenario of the consolidation package building itself. So there is some redundancy because the uh, functionality in the core package builder was there before. So it was capable of handling location soft groups, but then for the transportation planning process, we discovered it would be a valuable improvement for the optimizer input to already transfer also uh, packaging that is bound to location soft constraints and hard constraints and business partners into package units. So this came a little bit later, but I think um, they are not 100% redundant, But in a typical scenario, it's always a good idea to make first your mind up, when can I yeah, realize my packaging in a package unit? And if I cannot, then I use the functionality of the core package builder using the thresholds there um, in, the, um, yeah, in the consolidation package build. Okay, and as mentioned before, when we um, decide to use or to apply a package builder logic in one of these processes, It will not be then available for further package builder runs yeah. later on. Correct. Everything that is already transferred into package units, the consolidation package building will not touch. It will not change. I mean, if you can do this by killing the uh, package unit, so uh, deleting it, transferring the freight units back into an unplanned state. Uh, but of course, this is all a manual process. So when you have an automated process transferring the freight units into the package units, they are as as they are. Of course, they are planned onto the resource, uh, but consolidation package building will ignore them. Okay, but uh, there wouldn't be a rule if there were an exceptions. And one of the exceptions I think you already talked about it was the the spreading. So the spreading can actually take uh, packages that were created already by the package builder and rearrange or yeah, distribute yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, but uh, package unit internal. Right. So it will not change the content of the of the package unit itself. Of course, it can switch from one uh, top-level package to the other, but the items that are in there will not change. Okay, so that would also work inside the package unit, not only in consolidation package builder, I mean in a freight order. Yeah, you mean the example of the spreading where you have one tall pallet and one flat pallet? Yes. This is actually the functionality of spreading within the package unit and the other thing of uh, utilizing free pallet spots in the truck is the spreading in the uh, resource-based capacity document like a road freight or Okay, that sounds very interesting. Is it something that we should look in detail or do we have or is it even something that is uh, yet prepared to be implemented in the standard as a, as a standard functionality? I think this is a functionality that is actually currently hidden. Uh, so there is standard functionality to execute a spreading, but it's not yet uh, available as a standard action on the documents. Okay, so buyer beware, you shouldn't, um, I mean, you could use this, but this will be um, entirely on the responsibility of the implementation, but um, it sounds um, cool. Hopefully I we mean, will have this available. As for all of, uh, not all, but many new functionalities, there's some time frame in between where the standard tries out if it's worthy. So we have one front runner customer already doing that. And if it comes back as valuable, we make it 
visible and uh, configurable for all of the customers. So this is not uncommon. Okay, so this means um, we have this instance where we actually would um, reprocess something that was done by the package builder. Um, and uh, I do think we have another instance where we actually do some mixed processing where we have a first run of packages and then do uh, the second package builder run with the remaining products. Can you... Yeah. Yeah, that is Elaborate. a yeah, that is a very good point. I mean, for improving the input of the manual or automated transportation planning, uh, we discovered that one tool is the creation of package unit before, but we also discovered that um, the strict process of the package building in the freight unit building to either persist uh, the complete package item hierarchy or only do the pallet estimation can be improved in a way that you say uh, pallets that will definitely be yeah, physically built that way can already be created in a freight unit and the remaining items are unpackaged. A very typical example uh, is um, the indicator to only create full quantity packages in the freight unit so you can never improve them. If if you have a master data definition saying 100 pieces of this product make a full pallet, this will be the very same result in the consolidation package building. So you can already take it over as a real packaging in the freight unit building. And if you have 102 pieces, the remaining two pieces remain unpackaged. So they are, yeah, handled by the pallet estimation during the VSR optimization. And then the consolidation package building will only pick up those two pieces and combine them with other products and leave the already created full quantity pallet untouched. But this would, I mean, if you would not use this, you would have them available, the whole product quantity for the consolidation. And at the last point, the full package would be built at that stage so that's right but the input for the vsr can already tell you taking a look at the already created pallets they are physically consuming the space the weight and and the volume like they are while for the unpackaged quantity this works on the nrq value okay so it actually uh, it makes uh, the planning more exact or it allows the VSR to make more um, exact planning results. And we talked about this now at many different spots. So all of the bus that we are doing here is really to improve the end-to-end -end planning result. So the orders, are the requirements are coming in and the make or break is how do the result freight orders look like? Are they overloaded or well utilized after the load planning has been done? So the consolidation package building has been done, the load planning has been done, and the ultimate goal for us is to reach the highest percentage of freight orders that are simply going through the system without any need for manual interaction. And of course, combined uh, with that, uh, high utilization of those resources. Of course, you can plan very defensively, <laughs> Uh, when planning using the normalized quantities, 
But um, if all of your freight orders in the end are underutilized, uh, you're maybe also not happy. Uh, so this is always a fight for yeah, small pieces, small instances. Um, and I think any yeah, requirement or restriction um, not allowing to combine a specific quantity of a certain product with the other remaining quantity of other product not being able to be consolidated on one mixed pallet leads to uh, inefficiencies and maybe yeah, overloaded trucks. Mm -hmm. And all of the things that we've mentioned, the creation of the package units, the normalized quantity determinations, the historical consideration of things, the creation of uh, package items only when they are full, Uh, all of this go, uh, just have one purpose to improve the end-to-end -end planning quality. Every pallet counts. Okay. Actually, so even every cubic centimeter counts. Even so, yes. Even so. Okay, good. Let's see then. We have looked at now at the consumers or the following consumers. We have looked at the freight unit builder. We have looked at the consolidation package builder. We have looked at the creation of PUs based on PB for FUs. Uh, we have looked also, oh, we have not yet looked into the detail of the spreading, but we saw this is, a, as you, you have now uh, um, known, it is a hidden feature. So we will not go into more detail. And if you want to know about another hidden feature, we still have the remaining consumer of the load utilization uh, determination. That is the class SCM TMS CL underscore PB underscore LUD. Okay, so um, and this is another uh, hidden gem. Yeah, yeah, this is actually a functionality combining uh, without any business document persistency the power of the unified package builder and the TM load consolidation. So you can send in a set of items, uh, you can send in a set of uh, allowed resources, and then uh, the component is going to do, depending on the configuration um, using the package building profile, the actual package building. So it will determine the top level packages that are to be loaded uh, into the resources. It will call The consolidation, so load consolidation optimizer, this optimizer will determine the correct and best set for the number of top-level packages and uh, the component then gives back the created item hierarchy, including utilization informations. So the main purpose here is actually to, uh, when you enter line items in the sales order, You use this functionality and it brings back to the sales guy, well, uh, you've just ordered yeah, a quantity that fills up a truck 85%. And if you order a little bit more, it will, does, it will not cost you more freight um, charges. So it would be beneficial for you and it's also beneficial for us because we can sell more. Uh, so it actually matches the ordered quantities better to the available resources. This is not integrated and this is a strict disclaimer. So this is just the preparation on the TM side to offer this functionality. It's not integrated and standard into the sales order or any other process. Okay, so again, it's not supported <laughs> if you decide to, to use this, but it's already um, from a core logic already foreseen. Okay, that's uh, very nice. 
for sales orders or other orders or other. I'm aware of uh, some customers already having picked up this functionality and having integrated this not only in the sales order, but also other processes. I mean, it's a very generic task to say I have a set of items, I want to package them, and I have a set of my resources, how uh, are they utilized, so there are many spots where this is helpful. But the master data, I mean, resources and such need to be, of course, um, available in the system, and, and TM-related, I mean, it, it needs yeah. to be a TM. Yeah, sure, it's all TM internal. Okay, so, um, Markus, Tell us, what do we still need to cover regarding the consumers? I mean, we, we have the Unified Package Builder. Maybe I mean, yeah. going into the future, do you see something as a plan? Or yeah, I think the, the um, main things that are on the roadmap from a transportation management point of view, I think we are pretty good uh, in shape of the spots where we leverage the functionalities of the Unified Package Builder. So currently I cannot foresee too many new processes coming up. I mean, either you do a packaging in the early uh, package building during the freight unit building, or you are doing that late. We already have a um, transfer of the freight units into package unit. So this is pretty stable. So I think uh, on the roadmap for the future of the unified package builder is actually um, this ultimate goal to uh, also bring all of the other processes. So for example, extended warehouse management processes or uh, ECC processes or even manufacturing processes onto uh, the unified package builder. Uh, so currently this um, component is developed very uh, strictly limited for the use cases that TM requires. So a warehouse management might require some additions to that component. So I think the unified package builder will more grow um, to uh, cover more other application-specific processes that are not TM-relevant. But I think it's a very powerful component. Okay, it's ex um, already good or well-prepared um, at the latest after the, the implementation of the Unified Package Builder. Okay, do you have other, other topics you want to cover in this episode? No, I think we are good. I mean, we are now at the end of the Black Belt edition for the package builder. I think we touched um, from a coming from a high level perspective, so pretty much a little bit of the philosophy, the uh, main architectural concepts, um, going deeper into detail, even touching the code. So I think uh, all of the 10 episodes should give you uh, a very good understanding where uh, the standard is coming from, uh, how it's working, and uh, into which direction it is going. Yeah, okay, you've heard it from the expert himself. Markus, thank you very much for uh, being here for this series. Uh, it's a lot of, of information, a lot of valuable information that I'm sure customers will profit from. And I hope I can welcome you back into some other future series because, I mean, you, you are not only an expert in this topic, you are also an expert in many other topics. And also to you, dear listeners, um, I would think you should uh, expect also other topics coming in this series format where we delve into a more detailed view of our transportation management application. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. And I uh, hope to see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Philippa. Thanks for having me. All of those uh, episodes, I think uh, it worked very well. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.